Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Union have picked up three points. The tie streak has come to an end, and it's time to talk about it. Welcome in. I'm Renee Washington, joined by our newest addition to the show, J.P. Zapata. J.P., you've been posting about it on social. (laughs) Officially give people your your welcome and tell them a little bit more about you. I'm so excited to finally be here. It's a long time coming, so I'm happy to be part of PHL uh, Sports. Everyone's been amazing. Excited to talk about a team that I absolutely love. Thanks for everyone showing love, too. And I'm excited to get started. We're obviously Phillies. Everyone's talking Phillies, but we still got our soccer team getting ready for the playoffs. So mm-hmm. perfect timing. I'm ready to get going. It is time. It is time. And yesterday was a huge chance for the union. Obviously, they were able to walk away with three points, but also able to um, a lot of positives that we'll get into. Hold on yeah. to a lead. Three goals you score, you know, a lot that you take away from the result Wednesday night. And so it makes it that much better at this point in the season with just seeing how much the union have struggled to get results, that we have a lot that you can look forward to uh, and build off of as we're in the final stretch of the regular season. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know, obviously it was tough last night because everyone's worried about what's going on in South Philly, which is very understandable. But <laughs> it was a solid crowd, I would say. And it was important because you had two teams this week. We'll talk about the other team later on. Uh, But you had two teams this week where both teams are still fighting for playoff spots, right Mm -hmm. top of the East. And for the Union, it was an early challenge or early test to, you know, there's been a lot of buzz, like not buzz, but a lot of talk. Is this team going to be able to get it done? And so I thought yesterday was a great job, but... Uh, the vibes are pretty good last night, right? Yes, yes. It, it, the vibes have been good. And at Subaru Park, to be able to have, you know, the, the usual loud, exciting crowd. Um, look, Subaru Park in general, it's been, it's always a place that's tough to play at. Yes. And I know um, even with having the Phillies and the Union playing at the same time, both games still had a great uh, fan base and a great number of people that sh- showed up and showed out. And then also for overall, just the vibes with the tailgating and everything. Yeah. We got the practice fields coming together which has looked fantastic um it's it's definitely a time that i feel like for subaru park for the whole atmosphere we are seeing like the evolution of, of just what that experience is like as a union fan yeah i mean it's it's not 2008 anymore you know like the, right. the gravel parking lots are kind <laughs> oh, of gosh. gone um but uh, it, you can kind of see the changes and as we grow as a club we're 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 advancing you're seeing these beautiful practice fields that we're putting in there for Youth Academy, they're coming along very, very strongly. For me, it's my first match in a while being down there, so it was really good to see what it's been looking like, what the construction has been. So I, I, that's been promising. 
Listen, those practice fields, it's what you see in Europe, right? Like mm-hmm. Borussia Dortmunds, the Man U's, Real Madrid. Like those, that's what those type of clubs have. Yeah. So it's important for us as we continue growing as a club to see different stuff like that. I, I like the, the tailgate atmosphere now. You have something a little organized, which we, you know, it's Philly. We, we always find a way to tailgate, mm-hmm. but love the Union Court, courtyard, courthouse, whatever we're calling it. I, I thought that was pretty <laughs> cool. Sons of Ben, I like the new gigs that they had as well. Uh, beer was on tap, <laughs> drinks were flowing, even on a Wednesday, even with, with everyone down in Philly or down in South Philly drinking, they were definitely doing that yesterday as well. But yeah, that was really cool. Also, too, Renee, they did unveil the new statue for the zero um, initiatives, um, um, zero, sorry, zero landfill initiative that they are starting. It was really mm-hmm. cool. It was like a bedazzled ball, <laughs> essentially. Uh, but it's something that the union have really, really, really trying to change a narrative around. Um, obviously, we all know uh, the landfill that has been building up in Chester for decades. So the union really wanted to. That's something that the union want to do. They always want to put their imprint in the community, and that's yeah. something that you know symbolizes. It was pretty cool. Yeah, to see. And, and they do a good job of that, and that's important too. Off the pitch of just having um, the community aspect of yeah. being able to give back to a more sustainable environment, and so it was nice to see the unveiling and the news yeah. around that. So you know that kind of the day overall. It was it was a good day. It was a great day to be a union fan. Winning three two. Uh, Daniel Gazag got on the scoreboard first with a goal. We saw Mikael Ure and Julian Carranza also score with the Union up 3-0 at, at the break. And then the Atlanta United trying to come back. The penalty kick that Tiago Amada finished. And then Edwin Mascara mm-hmm. uh, gets the goal late that um, really made things interesting. Yeah. So there were, a, there were a lot of positives in that game when you look at the final score. Yeah. And... Um, here we here we are here. We've got the final score. We've got the final stats. The Union outshot Atlanta 19 to 12, even on shots on target. Possession in favor of Atlanta, of, which is, ah, I mean, look, we got the most important stat though. Mm-hmm. And then uh, looking at, down the list of corners and offsides and yellow, you know, yeah. fouls and yellow cards. Nothing that was too major um, in the impact of the the game specifically, but. I do like the fact that although possession is in favor of Atlanta, the final score is in favor of the union. (laughs) Because I think that is something that a lot of teams, and you see it across all leagues, where they value possession. They want to win the the possession battle, which is great. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, there is such a thing as over-possessing, and the union have struggled offensively at times with that, of seeming like they were trying to pass too much instead of going on and pulling the trigger. Yeah, yeah. So last night... One thing to learn about, one thing to know about Atlanta now. I mean, always since 2017, Atlanta's always had a very dominant attack. Um, this year, the defense, well, past couple of years, the defense for Atlanta really hasn't been holding up to where the attack has been. So it's mm-hmm. one thing you knew it was going to be a challenge for the for the defense of Philly. This match for like the first 30 minutes, it was you know back and forth. The Union had some probably the better opportunities, but. Honestly, it was Andre's save on Mayumba in the 36th oh, yeah. minute. That was a huge save. And honestly, Renee, I feel like that is what changed it because Mayumba had a clear shot on goal. Mm-hmm. And so once that happened, something clicked on the team. You saw the three goals in a span of 11 minutes. And then, of course, bring out the wings. <laughs> I love the celebration that Gaza, Carranza, and Ure got going yeah. on. It's really fun. They've, these guys have embraced Philadelphia. That's why you see the wings. And they were on. And I think more importantly last night, Renee, look, they we sweated this one out, right? Like it was a th- it was it should have been three nothing one, right? But it overall I felt like the union proved that on any given match, mm-hmm. even in the playoffs for 90 minutes, it's not gonna be easy. 
right. because of the, the defensive structure we have. When Carranza, Gazag, and Ure are flowing the way they are, it is extremely tough. And then more importantly, like you saw the last two nights in South Philly, mm -hmm. Subaru Park as well is a home field advantage, and it's going to be extremely hard to play here. Yep. That's why these last two matches are extremely important, so we can at least solidify one, maybe two home matches come playoff time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for Philly, you know, you're talking about the possession. One thing I always say about Philly, there are times, because obviously defense is our mindset. We're trying to win the ball back. That's how we kill teams. You saw right. the low block last night, how well it worked. Um, one thing for Philly, there are times where you're going to have to possess the ball, and you're going to have to move that ball up. Mm -hmm. And those are, those are things that I want to continue seeing. Uh, I thought the, the attack looked really well, especially Atlanta. They're, they're, they emphasize the wings as well. And Philly had a lot of opportunities out on those wings, whether mm -hmm. it be Mbizo, of course, we know how he gets up. My man, Harriel on the opposite mm -hmm. side, not typically playing on the left there. But the the overall, I mean, what I took away from last night is because I'm, I'm with like most of the fan base where I do feel a little unsettled because of the recent form and because the fact of the matter is this team's played a lot of soccer. Yeah. Depth is really killing us. But the whole league's going through it. And yeah, we're still that team. We're still yeah. those boys. And so I felt a little bit better last night. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, Yishmeister in the chat, um, you know, the union have struggled to win the possession battle, but it feels like that almost is intentional. Um, yeah. The union do a good job in transition. Jim Curtin was talking about that post game as well of they're They are really able to build up the field together, get numbers in a dangerous spaces. Yeah. And we've seen them score a number of goals in transition that have been beautiful goals at that. Um, last night's goal, Julian Carranza's goal was an example of that. So just having the ability to be so quick in transition when you can unbalance your opponent, they're yeah. not settled, they're not organized defensively yet. So it is, there is a tactic there. They're possessing, yeah. possessing, possessing. They've got their shape up high up the field. You're able to take it away and, and you're racing the other direction. That has been an area that the union have been able to exploit, which yeah. has been extremely helpful and something that is a strength of theirs without a doubt. But I do also like bigger than just the transition piece to me when you're not winning the possession battle is also a sign sometimes you're taking risks mm -hmm. and I think for the union when you have players like Gazdak and Carranza and Ure you have the ability to score you have Quinn Sullivan coming off of the bench who did well um, you've got a, you've got the yeah, midfield and Ali Bedoya and Bueno and he's healthy and Jose out there so you have the talent and you want to take risks and sometimes that means the pass doesn't make it that sometimes yeah. means your, your pass is getting picked off or yeah. you know you Look at the goal that um, Mikhail Ure scored, and that's it's movement, Carranza movement. You know, it's it's getting a number of players making runs off the ball, and knowing that there's a small window yeah. that you're trying to slip that pass through and split defenders, or timing the run or timing that pass that you are able to find an opportunity to score on the other side of it. So I think it's more than even just the transition piece. It's that they're taking risks in the final third at times it still needs to be more but taking those risks to get those goal scoring opportunities and sometimes that's going to mean you're losing the ball you're, you're turning it over yeah and jim always talks about that risk taking is extremely important yeah. you know whether it be like you know even like brujo or, or glass is taking take like a rocket shot from mm -hmm. outside the box like those type of things are what make the union and i'm i hope this continues seeing that as well Count right. on, the, on the point on the pressing that's when they're dangerous. But there were times last night where you get in the counterattack and then you lose the ball in the counterattack. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, crap, that's when you're at your most vulnerable. 
and the uh, that's something that the union will definitely yeah. have to to clean up. But no, I mean, I, I, overall, I thought that there was more positives and negatives last night. You know, you talk about Quinn Sullivan. I mean, he had he didn't get the goal, but it was a great dazzling play in open field. Like he's showing, like he's got this skill, and yeah. that, and that's like what you totally see. Like finding the position has been the difficulty mm-hmm. with Quinn, especially in this system. But um, yeah, confidence was brewing, especially. With our number ten, Renee. Our number ten last night. He was he was ready to ball out last night. He was. Now you want to talk about confidence. What builds confidence more than seeing Daniel Gazdag finishing a bicycle? The play that mm. the buildup was was um in, it was just it was a broken play, but it was it was messy, balls bouncing around. I like that the union were looking to play quick off of the restart. And as that ball goes off of Ali Bedoya, um, I put that on Atlanta. Like if if it's it, if that situation, you're an Atlanta player, you don't allow Jack McGlynn to grab that ball. Right, right, and that's part. It's the heads up aspect of being aware oh, of the game within the game, and and yeah, Jack gets it started. Ali Bedoya gets a shot. You know, the, the ball's bouncing around. There's a couple of chances. What I liked about it is that the Union did not give up. As you look, guys like had the final highlight play with that goal. Don't get me wrong, but there's there's guys in, in school position finishing their runs and that's what leads to scoring that goal yeah. but to have a bicycle pick uh, bicycle goal that you cleanly are able to finish to start the scoring off we'll take it and as you mentioned that happened just a few minutes after Andre made the huge save on the other end yeah. it was a couple of minutes later that we you go from making a save keeping things scoreless shout out to Andre Blake to then going down the other side and you're finishing and you're scoring yourself and I mean Andre Blake with just over one goal against average. Got his 230th career start yesterday. All, of course, with the union. Uh, makes that huge save. Reminds us why he's goalkeeper of the year. Why he's a top player in the league. Makes that huge save. Keeps your team with a clean sheet. And that also allows, on the other side, the Gazdags of the world to have the flair, the confidence, and the awareness to say, yep, I'm going to finish this. Yeah. I'm going to chest it. I'm going to finish it with a bicycle. And on my back is to goal, to goal <laughs> no problem, because I'm biking this thing anyways. And, and <laughs> for my diehard Union fans, you guys will remember Guzan's reaction, because that's <laughs> the same exact reaction in Brandon Aronson's first MLS goal. Ah. His body or his, his spirit just left his body. Guzak <laughs> really couldn't do anything, but that was uh, honestly. I mean, we've seen a lot of good Gazak goals, but I'm probably going to say that was the best one in a Union uniform. That was perfect. It, he he handled it with such ease. Ugh, it was absolutely beautiful. And so now with that goal, that does now we're keeping track, right? We're keeping track of the all-time goal scoring list. That goal put Daniel Gazdak eight goals behind our boy Seba, which shouts out to Letu. Letu was out there last night, man. Mm-hmm. I love seeing Seba out there. But, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're, we're counting down here, and hopefully uh, Gazdak can get this. I mean, it's going to be tough to get eight goals in what we got, like, potentially five matches left in the season, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, but uh, hey, we'll, we'll see if how, how close he can get to this season. He's knocking on the door, that's for sure. It's, it's, it is fun to see the all-time club records that are uh, being closed in on yeah. and the first and the historic things because this is a special team. And I know a lot of people yeah. compare, especially offensively, this group to last season's group and the, the amount of offensive just firepower that they were able to, to just shatter records and be a top yeah. team in the league because of it. But also you have to keep in mind – 
that's now something that opponents are, are aware yeah. of even more. You know, last season's production is not going to be the same this season. It just isn't because other teams are now going into it with the understanding, the film, the game plan of shutting down the union's heavy hitters. You know, yeah. Daniel Gazdag's been struggling to score in the run of play. Um, I know Ure, that was his first goal yeah. in weeks. He has a, He's really been in a scoring that. drought. Really you know, it's, it's hard to – It's that's why they always talk about, like, it's – it's hard to get to the top, and it's even hard to stay there. Like, it's yeah. hard to be the team that has a target on your back. And after, even though they dropped the MLS Cup, you still got there. There's still yeah. teams that are looking at you ready to knock you off. And so every game makes it that much more of a battle that you're not going to have the same time and space, especially in the attacking game. Yeah, third. and then one more point on Gazak is, like, there's been a notion throughout the league people like to come at Gazak because a lot of his goals have come off PKs. Which, they have. Listen, it's not easy. Not I was going to say, you, can't, you can never discredit somebody scoring on a penalty kick. I used to take PKs from my team. There you go. All my teams. Still um, does. <laughs> I will say, I will say the penalty, any PK, whether it's in the game or in a PK penalty kick shootout, Sorry. is incredibly hard. It's the odds are actually it's not mental, in favor right? for the goalie. The goalie is expected to get scored on. Yeah. It's the the pressure is not on them. Therefore, the pressure is all on the shooter because you have all these different. First of all, you can miss the goal altogether. Yeah. You have a you have one shot literally to put the ball in the back of the net. And you have to make sure the timing of your strike, the pay, you know, and the pacing that you're putting on it, the placement is out of the reach of the keeper. It's a lot of pressure. So to make one penalty kick is hard enough, let alone you've taken yeah. almost a dozen PKs. And no, like <laughs> last night, like he obviously scores that bicycle. He just he, he looked all, he wanted to score another. Like you can yeah. tell, like there's that there's there's those Daniel Gazak matches where Gazak's just fishing to get more than a hat trick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was trying to chip Kuzan. I mean, he was trying to do the the, uh, the little floater. Like it was it was a beautiful beautiful performance. Like he should have had more. He finishes with a goal and assists, mm-hmm. five shots, two of them on target. I mean, that's 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 Daniel Gazak. Yeah, you like you like to see how he's been playing in a game like that. Um, for those of you guys tuning in, make sure again you like, subscribe, comment, yes. jump in the conversation with us. You can absolutely join in the chat. I know Yish Meister gave us a, you know some thoughts. Jump in the chat. Let us know what you're what you're thinking about your re- your reactions uh, as we're recapping last night's victory. But for Daniel Gazdag specifically, um, and even Julian Carranza, who returns back after missing a couple of games, he missed two and a half games since he did go out. At halftime against LAFC, works back from concussion protocol. He's he's back in looking great. Um, Jacob Glasnes is back out. Was that back out there looking great? Always good to have your defensive player of the year on the field to say the least. Oh, yeah. But it's it's this time of year when it's the make or break. It's like survival of the fittest. And yes, there's a lot of games, and we will talk about that more today. We'll talk about that more in our future shows because it's a conversation we have to continue talking about. But with how much how many minutes these guys are logging, it becomes a mental game that much more. And you saw in Wednesday's game, it looked like there was a, a switch, yeah. especially offensively, where mm-hmm. it's a team that's, they're fed up. They, they've tied enough. They don't want any more ties. They, they want to get a result. You can see the, the willingness to literally put the team on your back at times and try to score. And yeah. with that goal, the assist to Carranza, it was just, it was just beautiful soccer. It was, yeah. But it was more than just that. It was the... the the work ethic. It was the commitment and grit to finishing out plays and not yeah. settling. I mean, Gostag's goal is a good example. Not mm. settling for a nice shot by Bodoya or a nice chance by, you know, Jack and Ure who were involved in the play. It was, no, we're, gonna, we're not stopping until this ball's in the back of the net. 
Yeah, and, and, I, and I want to see them play with kind of like a, that chip on their shoulder. Like they, yeah. they have been a little bit disrespected, and you should feel like that, especially what's, you know, all the matches, like you said, you have been playing, you know, you, what happened in League's Cup, what happened in CCL, mm -hmm. like that all should be stuff that should be fresh on their mind. But at the end of the day, this is a team, like, look, let's look at what their accolades. I mean, they, they've won Supporter Shield. They have been tops of the East. They have the most points out of any team in the MLS over the last four seasons. So play like that on a match-to-match -match basis. And look, when you see that the Eagle celebration, you know what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Goals galore. And <laughs> like that 11-minute just stretch of, 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 of goals that they were just scoring, I mean, it, it, it just looks relentless. And when that happens, especially at home, like, you know, it, it comes one after oh, the yeah. other. You saw that plenty last year. You haven't really seen it too much this year. Obviously, yeah, fatigue's, fatigue's been a little bit of an issue this year. Well, like you talk about, last year, that was something that was the one of the strong points about this team is that they were able to put their opponents away. Yeah. One goal led to two, or two goals would lead to three. Not too and much now, And now the, the, the game momentum completely changes. We saw that again last night in the, in the win over Atlanta that – you know, those three goals coming within an eight, nine-minute span, um, 10 minutes if you want to in uh, include from Andre Blake's save all the way through. So the ability to really when I always I always say in sports I always talk about momentum because it's so important and when you are all around the goal and you're creating chances that's a time you really have to put the ball away and especially right after scoring a goal you yeah. just scored Gazag had that beautiful finish Atlanta's thinking about that play mentally they're they're like oh man we're down we're you know mentally once you give up a goal it takes a lot out of you. Giving up a second goal, deflating. Giving up that third goal, you really have put them at bay. So it is so important that you can continue to just put the pressure on. You're not taking yeah. your foot off the gas. You're not settling we got so one important. goal. Because as we know in this league, one goal, two goal leads mean nothing. So yeah. I do like the fact that the union got that third goal because yeah. obviously that was the difference. I'm not thrilled by the fact they gave up two goals. I know Jim Curtin was talking about the handball post game. It's been a conversation. Um, yeah. We'll definitely get into that too. But, you know, that was, that was the negative side of it, that they did give up two goals in the second half. That second goal that they gave up was also just kind of a broken defensive yeah. play. Um, and Atlanta did a and, and Atlanta on the other side did a good job of finishing out that play also. Like, I yeah. And, and I will I, give some credit, And I, I want to give some credit to Atlanta. Like, they do have a really good attack. I mean, that front line of Yakamukas, uh, Silva, Almada. Of course, you know, everyone knows Almada for winning the World Cup with Argentina. And, and I'm not even going to attempt to say Saba's last name. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to go there. But those four guys are extremely dangerous. And I saw a lot of, like, Saba and Silva, like, switching up sides. Like, you saw Saba on the right, you mm -hmm. saw Silva on the left, and that, it felt like that was just kind of trying to throw off the attack. And they, Atlanta, loves to attack from those widths, like I mentioned. Oh, Even yeah. with you know, especially like those outlets, like with with Saba and Lennon working on one side, and with Wiley and Silva working on the other side. And you saw definitely a lot of that. You see, I love seeing that discipline, but. When Atlanta is pu pushing the way they were, Philly, you know, it, it, the, the, the PK really shifted momentum back to Atlanta's side. It did. And then f in that moment now, you know, Philly's just got to try to close it out. And, you know, give give a lot of kudos um, to Matt Rial and Lowe to come in late in that match. It's tough as a defender coming in knowing what just happened. And then they have to close that out. So I thought that was a really good job by those guys too overall. It, it definitely was. And, you know, it's... The penalty kick conversation is a whole can of worms in itself. Yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, as you talk about Atlanta, this, it is a talented offensive unit. And it, like it, felt, like there was, it felt like after that first goal, um, 
the union were trying to get their footing as you talk about some late substitutions along the back line and Baizo was just he was tired yeah. as, he was just yeah. exhausted um, we talked about Nate Nate did a good job shout out to Nate who's on our show a couple weeks ago and uh, then turned around and got a great headball goal in, the, in that game afterwards um, but Nate specifically did a great job stepping in for Kai Wagner and outside back um, as we talked about with injuries, uh, Bueno goes down. Here comes Jose. Um, Jose Martinez stepped right in. He was only supposed to play about 30 minutes and ended up obviously having to play much more than that. But, you know, with all the injuries, substitutions, things thrown at them, you know, even though they gave up that second goal positive, the union still were able to hold on to it. And I know, Yishmice, you're saying you're looking forward to the playoffs. We are too, absolutely. Uh, it absolutely could potentially be LASC Philly back again in the final. That'd be very storybook-like. Cincinnati did just clinch the supporter shield. Um, them, Saint, You're saying them, St. Louis, and Orlando will have too much pressure to prove they're not flukes. That is a big, that is a big challenge too. When you have such a breakout season or just an overall really good season, it's tough to maintain that once you get to the postseason it's 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 hard to be able to run the table at the regular season and continue that with just having so much pressure that target on your back grows even bigger once you get to the postseason yeah you gotta you gotta get hot at the right time that's really all it is right there it the east is definitely gonna be tougher the west i'm not too concerned about to be honest with you yeah uh, I mean, you look at the top, I mean, St. Louis, great season, but what are they going to look like away from home? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I really, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but I mean, with, with our team, though, like, I, I, I want to give a lot of love to Harriel because yeah. not a lot of people notice this, but Harriel is essentially the backup left back <laughs> yeah. because, of, because of the work he does, he puts in there. And mm-hmm. it's not the position he's most comfortable with. Um, and then taking on that the defensive responsibility on that side, taking on uh, Saba and Len, and that was that was difficult. And like we talked about, Atlanta throwing different things. He's young, but yeah. like defensively, he thinks like a veteran player, mm-hmm. and that and that's the crazy part about it. And Bru- so you mentioned Bueno, right? So mm-hmm. Bueno goes down, and Bru has to come on, come into that match at that point. And Bru didn't look like he had no. He didn't look like he had a groin injury. He looked completely fine. Um, there was a play on a counterattack, a low block, where he gets past uh, a couple Atlanta defenders and he gets that counterattack going. He got Super Park mm-hmm. uh, wound up there. So that was that was a lot of fun to watch. But now, I mean, he, uh, the, yesterday he had a lot of standout performances and the confidence just was brewing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you want your confidence to brew even more, you can also be able to rock some great gear with FOCO. FOCO is the place where you can go to be able to purchase any sorts of bobbleheads, jump overalls, t-shirts, friendship bracelets, uh, whatever apparel, merchandise you're looking to buy, FOCO is the place to do it. FOCO always has our backs here in Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link that's on your screen. If you're listening back to this on podcast platforms, it is P-H-L-Y, and with that code, you can get a nice 10% off of your purchase. Now, this is only for... um, Non-pre-sale items, let's just disclaim, pat that disclaimer out there, but FOCO is the leading manufacturer to be able to purchase any merchandise that you're looking for for sports and apparel gear because you want to look fly, and you want to look fly like Jim Curtin, and Jim Curtin looks fly Wednesday night. Definitely brought the fit. Um, if you guys haven't had a chance Ooh. to look at it, look at Jim Curtin rocking the, talk about working the sidelines. Dude, this is, this is something else. So, I, I mean, I've seen some Jordans from Jim, not the full Jordan combo here. 
So I did, I did stumble upon an Instagram post. So apparently a, a couple years ago, so obviously Adidas runs MLS, right? They're yeah. our main manufacturer for all our jerseys. And a little bit of a problem with Jim on the Nike. So Nike's actually cut him a little bit of a deal yeah. uh, to start rocking some of the stuff. And so this is why you see these beautiful kicks. <laughs> um, the, the Columbus outfit, um, shouts to JSP, this local yes, skateboarding company. Yes, that was company. a great Great uh, last night, Shannon Williams did uh, bang the drum. He was rocking some of the new gear. I need this. Like, I need this. Like, I need to breathe <laughs> some of this gear. So uh, it was dope seeing Jim in the out. He had, like, the, the, the loose-fit pants. I was like, okay, Jim. And the hoodie was beautiful. And he was always got the, the nice kicks. But, yeah, the Jordan look was nice and clean. The all-black. Like, he looks... It's really tough. It was clean. It was clean. Yes. I would say Jim's got some. He's got some swag. He's got. He knows what to do with the with the fits and everything. One day we'll get him on here. Jordan Force. Very soon, hopefully, we'll have Jim on the show. Um, but it's nice to see Jim stepping his game up a little bit on the sidelines. Yes. And coaches in general, I feel like nowadays, you sometimes see the suit look, but most times they're gonna bring something that's got a little, a little bit. It's a little a little bit more fly than that. Yeah. Um, so Jim was really in his bag Wednesday with that fit. And we'll uh, continue the, trying the to bring you the kicks. Yeah, the, the sweatsuit, the kicks. We're all for it, Jim. We're all for it. Um, but as you talk about, Jim not only did a good job with the fit for the day, but did a good job of rotating lineup changes, substitutions. Did a really good job there overall. Um, as we talked about, Julian Caranza back in the lineup. Of course, Jacob back as well. But then minutes in, Bueno goes down. Jose gets called up. El Brujo steps on the pitch. Looks like he didn't miss a beat. What, as you talk about, what groin injury? What injury? What <laughs> knee injury? What leg injury? Don't even know. Um, but overall, the lineup changes. That's something that I know I, I even asked Jim about in um, an interview last week and was asking about just how he feels the team has been able what he feels like the team has done well that they've learned from for the postseason and one of the biggest things that he's liked is their ability to roll with the punches yeah you know this is a team that's had to deal with injuries which as we know that's part of the absolutely part of the game but through that, it's allowed guys like Nate Harriel yeah. to step up and even Jack McGlynn getting more minutes and Quinn Sullivan um, and Baisel really solidifying his role as an outside back. It's allowed guys, Damian Lowe, to get min meaningful minutes, yeah. starting opportunities, get on the get goals and get on the stat sheet and build confidence. And yeah. then also not only between the players, but also the different lineups look that we've yeah. looked at. They've been in a 4-3-3. They've been in a 3-5-2. They've been in a 3-4-3. They've been in a 3 2 uh, a three, what was it? A four, three, two, one. It's been a whole bunch of things. So there's been a lot of different looks for the union in terms of their actual formation, but also in terms of their the players and the personnel on the pitch. And that's been something that we've seen pay off, and it looks like it is paying off. Kyle, yeah, look at Jim. Look at Jim go. We'd love to see it. No, <laughs> absolutely. And listen, that that's that's the nature of the business, right? Like you you have to roll with the punches. And I and the one what the one thing I love of a roster construction, it's a lot of guys who are blue collar guys, who mm -hmm. are underdogs, and that fits obviously very well with the city, but also fits very well for the circumstances that we had to deal with with the amount of matches. And look, yeah. Um, the Mount Ashes is what it is. We'll talk about it as well. Um, Jim has had a difficulty of, of rotating, and we, we talked about it before, Renee. Yeah. Like, that's been the problem, one of the main problems here. With the amount of matches that you've had, some of the all-season moves for the depth haven't really panned out, and so Jim has had to rely on a small bench <laughs> that we have now. Mm -hmm. And this is something that they're going to have to visit come all-season time. 
But for right now, yes, you love seeing guys like El Brujo step in there and give you a, a very quality match, considering Bueno going down. You love yeah. seeing Lowe taking adva um, uh, advantage of his opportunities as well. I just need Lowe to be a little more disciplined. We, we love it. And, and <laughs> yes. maybe not clap back on Twitter. Lowe, I love you, Papi, but you know. Um, but that, the different different things like that. And every team's going through it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, not everyone's, no, not everyone's celebrating like Cincinnati right now. Everyone's going through it. So... Uh, I think for the union, th it, this is what makes them who they are, and that's what yeah. makes going to make them stronger heading into the playoffs here. It is. It is. And I know in the chat I'm hearing um, from Nick Kreitzer saying, you don't know how much oh, more Nick. we can move up in the East, but as long as the union are healthy, you know, they will be incendiary. Oh, there's okay. an SAT type of word okay. on a Thursday. I didn't think about what Dropping that is. Dropping the words on Drop us? it in the words, Nick <laughs> Kreitz. Okay, vocab. Um, incendiary in the playoffs. Lighten things up. I like it. Um, look, Nick, can it, I get an it, origin of that word? <laughs> you, I was going to say, you said in a sentence, but we already did. Um, but it's... It is when you think about the amount of the different guys that have had to step in to major roles. Uh, Leon Flack, another one who's been injured. That uh, name has been back. In, he's been he's been back in yeah, the lineup. I he mean, finally got questionable yesterday. Yeah, so he was we saw able to questionable, which. Huge. Yeah, so a couple... It's encouraging. A month ago, he did go back to Germany to get a second opinion, and the German doctor said that he could potentially be back by the end of the regular season. The the best case scenario for Leon is mm -hmm. you get him back for the playoffs because that's midfield depth that you absolutely need. Right now, you're looking at a f literally a one-man rotation coming off the bench. Yeah. You know, you have your four starters. Uh, unless you go through a three-back set, that's a different story. But that's I mean that's why you see a lot of three back set, yeah. although it has grown a little stale. But that's why because that's the best eleven that you can put out there, unfortunately. So having yeah. Leon back would be huge for our depth. You know what you're going to get from him, and that's probably something that we could use right now. Yeah, it's it's definitely the midfield is an area that's has has struggled. <laughs> the midfield is definitely an area where let's talk about depth. Um, you just don't – Bueno goes down, here comes Jose, and then it's like, and then who's next? But also the tough part about the midfield is you want them to be able to do so much. Yeah. You know, your back four typically in soccer does not ever change or get subbed out. But at least you know you have a player like Nate that can step in if needed. Damian Lowe can step in, a center back if needed. You can move to a three back if you need to. But in the midfield, you do need to have – you typically want to have at least five or six guys yeah. that you are consistently able to run in if needed. Now, offensively, we have that because mm -hmm. you can look at, um, obviously, Ure, Gazdag, Carranza. It can be Quinn Sullivan. It can be Ty Baribo. You know, you've got options of who you can run up top. But in the midfield, that's been an area that we've been really – Wondering, I know Ali Bedoya, who we had on the show, he's logged a lot of minutes this season and every season. And, you know, you have a banged-up Jose and Buenos and a young Jack McGlynn. So that is an area that we kind of keep an eye on because, yes, we need to get healthy. I agree with you, Ishmeister. But we also want to see a little bit more, especially in the midfield. I don't know what that – I don't know. So getting Leon would be a huge yeah. asset back to just add some more depth and another playmaker that you can put in there. Honestly, could we just take, like, like just, like, three weeks off and then our <laughs> midfield will be good? Oh, good thing we have a whole international break. Oh, wait, but that means that we also have Bueno and Jose going to play some more. <laughs> Literally. That's what happens when you're good. That's what happens when you're good. Oh, man. Uh, well, you know, there are plenty of games coming up, and the Game Time app is a great place to go to be able to check out ways to buy tickets. Game Time app has all of the low prices i actually have the app on my phone also and you're able to now take away the stress of buying tickets it makes it a lot easier to browse through there look for upcoming events games 
whether it's playoff games or concerts. So you can use that code PHLY when you sign up to get $20 off. They already have great prices and it gets a little bit more money in your pocket with that $20 off with code PHLY on the Game Time app. Now, there have been lots of games going on as we're looking back at Wednesday's results, but other games that happen around the league that have you know, some bearing on the postseason. And specifically, um, looking at Wednesday night, obviously, Union took care of business. Love to see that, too. Uh, we also saw Charlotte win 3-0 over Toronto. Uh, just numbers around the league. Cincinnati dropped a 2-1 loss to New York Red Bulls. Um, Austin defeated D.C. United 3-0. So some 3-0 games. Some, some, a lot of three-goal games, I should say. A lot of goals. Um, Orlando City one nothing. Now that's a team to keep an eye on. And then Chicago beat Inter Miami four one, and uh, we <laughs> we saw Seattle drop a oh, excuse me defeat L A Galaxy two one, and another three zero Vancouver St Louis, and then L A F C wins five one. So these are our Eastern Conference standings as of today. I also forgot Columbus beat New England and Houston tied Montreal. Lots of games in action yesterday. Um, the one that was postponed, FC Dallas and Colorado, but every other game was played. We saw a lot of goals. We saw clean sheets. We saw some red cards, but also we saw a slight change for Orlando as a team that we now have to really keep an eye on even more. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're a strong team. Pareja, you know what you're going to get out of that club, and they're, I guess they're fighting for him again. Uh, so that's, team, that's one team definitely to keep an eye out for. But for the Union, these last two matches are extremely important. Uh, playoff seating is not set in stone mm -hmm. like you just saw. Obviously, we have an opportunity to get in, this, in the second seed. It would be nice, but obviously you need some help from Orlando. Uh, but for the Union, yeah, it's, it's going to be extremely important. So, so one through seven is set, right? But right. the seating is not set. Uh, you did Luckily, you took care of Atlanta. That was huge because that was a team that was creeping up. So yes, they really, were. if you're looking at those standings, you're looking at Orlando and realistically Columbus, those are the two teams. Mm -hmm. Those are the three teams that could be shuffling, including us as well. well as you mentioned, looking at the standings, um, and we can flash it on your screen again really quickly to show you the standings, Tyler, when you have a chance, is or with Orlando sitting at number two with yeah. 57 points on the season, the Union are right below them at 54. Yeah. So, you know, the game coming up Saturday makes it that much more important. Of course, they play New England to close out the, the regular season. But then also, as you talk about Columbus, New England, Atlanta, and Nashville, the four teams that are right below the Union are the four teams that they've been playing in the that they have matched up against for the Final Four. Obviously, yeah. they already played against Columbus. And... Um, Atlanta was yesterday, and then they play against Nashville this upcoming Saturday and New England uh, the, the fi for the final regular season game. So not yeah. only is it important to close the gap, but when you look at our upcoming games, those two games are teams that are on your heels. Columbus right now, who you face, excuse me, Nashville right now, who you face on Saturday, sits at 45 points on the season, and New England is sitting uh, at 52. Yeah. So mathematically, huge, huge games, not only to try to climb up to number two, but to make sure nobody jumps ahead of us. I mean, again, Nashville, I'm sorry, ends. New England sitting with 52 and the Union with 54 makes that game a game that could be potentially the game that's locks in where your seating is. So yeah. although Cincinnati has 
taking care of business and winning the supporter shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoorah, hoorah. They're Just out of reach. <laughs> the rest from two through five or six is really can change. I mean, it's it's from Orlando City with 57 points to New England with 52. That can swing in the next two games. Yeah, keep an eye, keep an eye here. So for Orlando, their last two, they have a tough one against New England. So that's next up for right. them. And then they end against Toronto, which, as we all know, they're kind of done. <laughs> and then for Columbus... They have a showdown against Atlanta. Uh, we'll see what Atlanta has left here if they want to rise in the seedings here. And then they end, Columbus ends against Montreal, which also fighting for uh, playoff seeding as well, those mm-hmm. last two spots. So keep an eye out for those two teams as well if you are someone wanting the union to rise up in the seedings. I, more importantly than anything else, I just need at least one home match. You need yeah, that home field yeah. advantage. So you want to make sure you stay in those seedings, and the union should be able to take care of business uh, with Nashville and New England ending the season here. Yeah, and it's, look, along with being healthy, it's always fun to have at this point in the season when there's the race for the playoffs and you're trying to get a, a top seed and you have the opportunity to play against teams that you're battling for those position, those playoff spots with. You know, for as we talk about, for the Union with their final four games, when you look at the two that they've played and the two that are coming up, every single one of those teams are teams that you're in the playoff you know, yeah. battle with. So as a player, it gives you the chance that you control your own destiny. Now, we know they did draw, obviously, a number of games, including Columbus. But either way, you have a chance to make sure you don't have to worry about what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Obviously, whether Orlando sitting three points ahead, you do you will need some help there because you, A, don't play Orlando. And right now, if both teams win out. Um, Orlando will continue to hold on that number two spot. But either way, you at least can control your destiny a little bit to make sure that you're not allowing other teams to be able to uh, jump you. But also, when you look at the overall bigger picture, home playoff games is huge and uh, absolutely a chance that you want to make sure you're closing out, getting points so you can get home playoff games moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. It will be. It will be. So lots to keep an eye on as the union have two remaining regular season games. It's crazy to think about that. It's wild that we're at that point already it's when wild. we are talking about the end of the season. It feels like yesterday we just started off the season against Columbus and Joaquin Torres is doing spin around <laughs> on the Columbus defense. And here we are. Got two matches left. Oh, man. Well, we have in our Friday show, we'll be predicting and, and talking more specifically about the matchup against Nashville this upcoming weekend. Um, a lot of positives. Unfortunately, some negatives, including injuries. I know Jim Curtin was talking about the uh, injury to, to Jesus Bueno and that when Bueno stepped off the field about 10 minutes in with that uh, ankle injury, you know, at first it seems like it was fine. He was, they were just talking. Bueno seemed fine. And then when the matter of seconds, his ankle blew up and he had a huge uh, golf ball looking sized um, bruise on his ankle, which is why he was not able to come back in the game. Obviously, erring on the side of caution to say the least, but also more importantly, wanted to make sure he was okay because the, the concern is, is it a ligament issue? Yeah. Is it something else? Is it more serious? You know, getting any sort of ankles can be something where you just tweak it and you're fine minutes later and you just need to run it off or it could be where you're out for a little while. So that's a negative for sure that Bueno is someone that you lose early in the game and when you get Jose back, as we talk about midfield depth, you get Leon back Back, and now Bueno gets injured. Yeah, it, it definitely sucks. So let me ask you. So have you ever had studs to your ankle when you're playing? Have I? Have I not is more the question. Gosh, I oh, that was the worst. It's like it's like you get stabbed in the ankle. Oh and the thing is, that's crazy about ankle injuries. 
like I said, you could have the same thing happen, and depending on where you get hit will drastically change what happens with your ankle. Because you can have, you can, I've rolled my ankle a ton of times. I still roll my ankle all the time. <laughs> roll your ankle or get stepped on or get cleated or someone slides into you, and you literally can just be able to just run it off. And then depending on where they hit in your ankle, you also could have a bueno ankle where it just blows up. Yeah. So it's, it is very painful. And then it's one of the ankles are tough because you find yourself re-injuring it pretty often. And that's yeah. the hard part too. For, for me, it, it's more painful for bueno. Like I think of the player because yeah. it gets called up again for Venezuela. And that's a huge deal for a young player like that because you need to go down to those camps and you need to prove that you belong mm -hmm. there. So I, I feel for that type of matter. But I mean, for Buenito, he's had a fantastic year. He really has made some huge strides since coming here, and I felt that a little bit. When you come as a 19-year-old captain from Deportivo Lara to come here, and he's he's really matured before our eyes, and I, I hope Venezuela gives him another opportunity. We'll see, obviously, what happens. I do believe the gym presser will be on Friday, so we'll hopefully we'll get some further wording on it. But yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that ankle is not having a good time right now. No, 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 no. And again, it's definitely very concerning. Um, you know, I know we keep talking about in the chat, and welcome to those of you guys that are tuned in. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you comment, subscribe, keep up to date um, as we have more things coming here on PHOI Union Podcast. Uh, we're talking about the Wednesday results, but... The injury side of things, healthy, staying, you know, staying healthy has been the consistent theme. And it is frustrating as we talk about not only to have him have to miss the remainder of that game, but when you talk about getting called up for Venezuela, now to possibly have it where you aren't able to play because you're not 100 percent or you're you're playing and you're risking hurting it more or being out there and you're not 100 percent and you aren't able to perform at a high level. There's a lot that's Getting injured just changes, and it's unfortunate that it happened in last night's game for, for Bueno. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask you one more thing, because I, I love picking the brain of former soccer players. <laughs> so, obviously, last night we had a lot of handball issues. Ah, right? That's right. We didn't talk about this yet. So, personally, the, the Carranza one was a handball. The Harriel one wasn't, but the issue is, and shouts to Jim for being, number one, honest, but number two, yeah. clarifying it. The rule like literally makes no sense. So like I, I, I found the, the actual wording of the rule and I'm just gonna skim it real quick. So here's what the rule actually <laughs> actually says here. So it is an all, is it offense if a player deliberately touches the ball with their hand slash arm, touches the ball with their hand slash arm when it has made their body unnaturally big. A player is considered to have made their body unnaturally bigger when the position of their hand slash arm is not a consequence of a justifiable justifiable by the player's body movement that specific of that specific situation. By having their hand slash arm in a such position, the player takes a risk of their hand slash arm being hit by the ball and being penalized. Does anyone <laughs> understand? Because I would love that on expert because that doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm I mean, like, you personally, you've you've been through the grind here. Does is, is the rule make sense? <laughs> I don't know. Ian, Billy, Yish Meister, Nick, whoever's in the chat, let us know what you think. That was the official reading of what declares if it is a handball or not. Now, not as a when I okay, so over the years of my career, the handball rule changed, and it still is changing, and it drives me crazy because it used to be anytime your your arm and hand included, because it's not just your actual hand, it's your it's it's all the way to your arm. You're um, under your shoulder. If that makes contact, it's a handball. 
Now, shoulder balls are always tricky because you're literally hitting the ball with your right. shoulder, and that's not a handball. Um, but it then became a, a change of, like, if you had time to move your arm. Okay. So let's say the ball's hit from a long distance, and you had time to move your arm out of the way, it's a handball. Okay. And versus if, like, you were to kick in and hit my arm right here, and maybe I don't have time to move my arm, it's not a handball. Mm -hmm. Then who's determining time? And then the next issue was, if you are controlling the ball with your hand, it becomes a handball. So every jargon that you're reading, and I like what Jim Curtin was saying, it was, he was like, it's, it's like legal terms. Like, I feel like I'm talking to a lawyer. It does sound like that. Like, none, in English, please, because none of it actually makes sense what you're saying. It's like, what is intent? What is like these big SAT words that we're using? They need and Nick for that. <laughs> they need Nick to clarify the big SAT words, because at the end of the day, in the... It leaves up, and this one thing I agree with, it leaves way too much room for error. Okay. It now becomes a very biased decision of is it a handball to me mm. or is it a, do you think it's a handball? Because it's, it's, there's no clean cut area. There's so much gray area. And as you talk about, the penalty kick that the union give up, that's a handball. That's a handball. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like anytime the ball is making contact and changes direction or it's controlled when it hits your arm, it is a handball. Okay. If, it, if it's skin, like you can see sometimes where it might skim off somebody's hand um, or their arm and it doesn't change the, I don't know. Again, even now that I'm saying that out loud, I'm not sure. But it's just crazy to me that after all these years, we still don't have a clean cut ruling of a handball because it lit. There was a time you, when you were, especially as a younger kid, if you're in the wall and it hits it's you and you're like you're whatever you're protecting yourself handball now you see guys of course go with their yeah. and players go with their arms behind their back so they're not getting hit um the there just has to the be the, oh my gosh and as a tall player i was always on the wall but <laughs> always on the wall but it in my opinion anytime it makes contact it should be a handball okay because because even if it keeps moving forward like science or whatever you want to call it if the ball hits my arm even if it keeps moving it's gonna it possibly slows down it could deflect it changes things, especially in the box. So they need to come up with a better rule. This this whole like legal jargon is not it. We we need a clean cut. Anytime the ball hits in this, you know, this is the rule. So now officials don't have to rely on VAR. They can know that is a handball. That yeah. was not a handball. <laughs> Anyone who's been a fan for a long time, like you know, the one thing you're gonna blame out there is the referee. Yeah. I have a philosophy. I, I, I personally, in every situation, I like to see things from the other end. And like, it's hard to be an official. It is hard. And that's I, why I don't I, do it. I'm done. You won't hear from me anymore. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you won't hear from me because that's not. It's not. It really is not easy. It's easy when you're in the stands and your team's playing and you can. And especially in Atlanta, we know Atlanta yeah. likes to blame the refs a lot. I'm just looking at you, Atlanta. But no, seriously, it. it it's tough and I, and I don't blame him and I, and I appreciate Jim like Jim always gives it to you 100% honesty oh yeah and that's why you love him and it, it's something that we need to look at for sure it is and I agree with what Jim is saying that the the dis the discussion around what is or what is not a handball it's a it's about time that we come up with a clean, concise rule. Yeah. I mean, they've changed so many other things in the game that I don't understand why we can't make changes around that. We've changed when the referee gets hit with the ball. We've changed how substitutions can or cannot happen. Like, there's so many things that have been changed, yet we still don't know what's a handball. And it literally used to be anytime the ball makes contact, it is a handball. But then it was also now, like, if I hand, if it hits my hand, but I don't touch it next, and you touch it next, and now who's doing all that? And it just leaves so much room for error because we're human. This is not robots or something. There's naturally room for human error there. So I'm hoping that maybe 
in addition to the discussion around the amount of games being played, maybe at some point we get to a better point of figuring out what a handball is and what it is not because, yeah. Yeah, Yishmeister. Yeah, Yishmeister, again, agreed. A handball is incredibly hard to judge. It's impossible. You don't know intent. I don't like the word intent, and I don't like how they keep having it. It's like almost, in my opinion, if you've ever had a conversation with somebody and they don't know what they're talking about and they just give you the, like all these huge words and try to confuse you, to me that's the handball rule. It's like let's throw out all these big SAT words, intent, and all these other things, that's not actually describing what the rule is. <laughs> it's really, yeah, it's, that's I agree with you. I don't, I've never been a fan of the handball rule, and I've seen so many times games, championships, playoffs, major, major d- decisions of a handball that is costly because there's no specific rule on what a handball is. And then in the other, like, you look at some plays in, in, in soccer history. I remember, uh, was it, uh, it was France versus Ireland. Thierry Henry literally saves the ball from going out of bounds and keeps the ball in. You look at the Maradona goal to beat England in, was it the 88 or 89 World Cup in Mexico? Like, it goes both ways. And it's 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 a crazy thing. Like, we don't play the sport with their hands unless you're a goalie, but you don't play with the sport with their hands. And it's... It's, it's part of the game. Yeah, guys. and Ian, and you, I agree. It feels like we're never yeah. going to get a clean-cut call because it, it's constantly changing. I think that's probably the toughest part is when I look at my playing career and through college, through professional, through coaching, through reporting, like through every aspect of my career, I feel like they keep changing the handball rule. Yeah. And because of that, it leads to, like, are you going based off of the old rule or the rule from – of handball 2.0 or is it from the handball rule book 2.9 we don't know because we keep coming up with new handball rules because at the end of the day it should literally just be if it touches your hand it's a handball anything under your it's like elbow and down handball done yeah i agree Uh, period but listen there's a lot that we can pick at um handballs games fortunately we will have another show friday where we're going to be able to dive into all that much more detail um and you know if you are for those of you that like the football sport that does use your hand, I'm talking <laughs> football americano. Um, let's 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 let me share with you about DraftKings. So DraftKings Sportsbook has you in a great position to win some money. You will not miss a moment of any action, whether you're heading down to the ballpark for some baseball action or football action. DraftKings Sportsbook, if you sign up today, use that code on your screen, or again, for those of you listening, P-H-O-Y, you're able to score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Now, for all customers, you can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings same-game parlays. You can string together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It is playoff baseball season. Playoff soccer is coming up very soon. So as we're getting into playoffs, make sure you're downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code PHLY. So as a new customer, you can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball only on DraftKings Sportsbook with that code PHLY. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. It's got to be 21 plus, and that age does vary by jurisdiction. It's voided in Ontario, and you can see dkng.com. 
uh, co slash baseball for eligibility terms and response on gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions do apply. So I know we've, re we've recapped the games. We've talked about handballs. We've had a chance to um, get into specifically around injuries, health. You were at the game yesterday. You were able to be at the loud, fired up Subaru Park. After all this, how are you feeling about the union moving forward? Feeling like we're yeah, I, feeling I mean, optimistic here? I feel better. <laughs> I, I honestly do. I feel better now. And like taking a glance over the league, and we'll talk more about that on Friday, but taking a glance over the league, I, I, I feel like we're kind of in the same boat of a lot of teams that are going to be in the playoffs. And mm -hmm. like you saw last night, for 90 minutes, especially Subaru Park, it's going to be hard to beat the union. Yeah. When you have that attack, when you're as structured as the union, when you've had the experience the union have as well, and when you have the coach that is Jim Curtin, mm. things do make it difficult for other, for other clubs. And that's why I feel better after yesterday. This is still the Philadelphia union, and I, 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 I think that they, there's still a run in place here. We're going to have to see. Yeah, I know the prediction in the chat earlier was LAFC, Philadelphia Union, back in the MLS Cup. I like the sound of that, of course, with just a different result this time around. Um, but it is a group that you're seeing come together. They're being challenged. They're facing yes. adversity. They're overcoming adversity. The depth is there. And so uh, it makes it exciting as we get into the final two games of just how this team has been rounding out regular season play, preparing for the postseason, hopefully can stay healthy, and hopefully can make a nice run back to the MLS Cup. So yeah. we have more to get into. Um, we do have our show on Friday that we'll be, able, we'll be sharing more specifics, recapping, I should say previewing too, but recapping takeaways and looking ahead to this weekend because three more points are up for grabs for yes. the Union, and we've got to dive into a nice Nashville Union preview. Plus, we have some other topics that have been circulating around the soccer scene that we've yes. got coming your way. So for us here at PHLY Union Podcast, be sure to give us a follow. We're at PHLY underscore Union on Twitter. We're at PHLY underscore Sports across all social media pages. That's where we're dropping show times, updates, um, anything exciting, and maybe some tickets that we're giving away because we do have tickets coming your way. It is the final home game this weekend for the Philadelphia Union. Yes. And for those that have tuned in for the show, you get a nice heads up because on social media later today, we'll be dropping the details on how you can win tickets to go see the Union take on Nashville. Be there at Subaru Park. Be there in the excitement. You'll be there, right? Oh, yeah. We're not of missing course. the playoffs. We'll be no there. Way. It is time to address the fact that we're giving away tickets. And, yes, we will have two free tickets, no strings attached, coming your way from us on behalf of the PHLY Union Podcast. Stay tuned for those details on our social media. So more incentive to follow and subscribe so that you're the first to know when the ticket details are going to be dropping. So for us here, JP, Renee, our producer, Tyler, thank you guys for tuning in. We've got more coming your way Friday. Let's go, Union. Dupe.